Happy Friday, everybody. This is the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Really excited to be breaking down some of those roster moves that we've had this past week. Take a break from everything that we've been having to deal with back home in New Orleans. Hope everybody is safe and doing as well as they can be. Joined by John DeShazer. I'm Aaron Summers and soon to be joined by Mike Triplett, the NFL Sports Nation ESPN reporter for New Orleans Saints. Everybody's been following all of his tweets and everything that he's been covering surrounding the roster moves. We're going to bring him in here and break down his thoughts on the 53-man roster. We're now joined by Mike Triplett. Uh, I always say a friend of the program because I worked with Mike at the Times Picayune. Now Mike's at ESPN.com. Come up big time on us. Uh, a real a fan favorite of ours. Uh, but Mike, I guess I guess initially we need to get to the real stuff. How are you and Sarah and the family? Thank you for asking. I would be your friend even if I never worked with you too. <laughs> um, we're all doing uh, pretty well. It's funny, we just checked into a fancier residence in when we got to Dallas and my six-year-old daughter said, this is better than our house. So, uh, but we're obviously doing great. <laughs> but, you know, we're just getting by like everyone else. Luckily, we have the means to uh, 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 find somewhere comfortable to stay. And, uh, um, you know, obviously, uh, I know a lot of people aren't in the same boat. So our hearts go out to them. Yeah, always a great ego boost when the uh, when the children tell you that your hotel room is better than your house. So, you know, <laughs> tell you that all the things that you're working for will, is um is moot since um they like it better at a hotel. <laughs> but what was the what was the evacuation process like for you, Mike? I, I, I know we are asking pretty much everyone this, but it's, yeah. a, it's a different experience for everyone. Well, we left on Saturday during the daytime, which, uh, you know, I assume was as heavy a traffic as you're going to find anywhere. And luckily we had the just personal preference to, to want to take non interstate. Um, and so it took us, you know, it took us over eight hours to get to Houston without ever getting on the interstate, uh, just cause we wanted to keep moving the whole time instead of that stop and start. And it sounds like people who who took the interstate had 12, 13 hour trips and stuff like that. So that's the one, the, the one lesson we learned from this is probably that's the, that's the way we'll go. Uh, you always learn something new with each evacuation, right? Exactly. Exactly. So now that you're there and actually doing your job for ESPN.com, um, the Saints made roster moves, obviously they trimmed it from 80 to 53 and you know, practice squad and all those things. So what do you think about the makeup of the team? Were there any, surprises for you in terms of, I guess, personnel or uh, position-wise, some that went a little light or some went a little heavy? Well, I'll tell you what, John, the biggest surprise to me was I I, I thought they were going to claim three or four guys uh, the day after and, and add a defensive tackle and add a cornerback and, you know, maybe add a, a tight end. They added just the fullback. is the only player they added. So, three defensive tackles, three corners on the active roster. Now, of course, as we learned last year with, with, you know, it's so much easier now to move guys up from the 16 man practice squad up to the active roster on, on Saturdays before the game. So it's almost like there's, you know, a 69 man roster now instead of just a 53 man roster. Cause it's so easy to move guys up and down. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming there will be another defensive tackle that gets activated before the game and there'll be another corner that gets activated before the game, but they're going with the guys they got. 
is what surprised me a little bit. I, th I thought those were a couple positions where they, they might bring in someone from another team. Now they did, they did sign the defensive tackle the, the next day, the veteran defensive tackle. So I forgot that part, but, but corner is the one that surprised everybody when, when they only had three. Um, so, you know, it's interesting that they, they have some faith in the guys that they saw this summer and they didn't, they didn't really overhaul the roster with guys from other teams, which is a good sign that they, they like the guys they have. Yeah, I also a good sign. I think that Ken Crawley might might be healthy enough to play in Week One, which we weren't sure about. Yeah, I got to say personally, I was pretty shocked at the cornerback. Even if Crawley is available in Week One, that's only four. So does that, I guess, suggest that that Chauncey Gardner Johnson and and PJ Williams are for sure you know, probably going to hybrid a little bit more? Well, maybe not a little bit more, but I think I, I think people probably forget like seeing only three cornerbacks on the roster is a little jarring, but I'm sure there have been many games in the past where there are only three quote unquote outside cornerbacks who were active on game day once you, you know, turned in your inactives and and certainly if, if it comes to injuries and they need their fourth cornerback to play on the outside, PJ Williams has done that. He is well equipped to be your fourth outside cornerback. And like you said, CJ Gardner Johnson is actually your number one slot corner and PJ Williams is your number two slot corner. So in a sense, they do have five guys playing, you know, five guys who, who can play the cornerback role, which is, which is, which is enough. And staying on the defensive side of things, they, keep seven linebackers, there's some decisions to be made there. And coach decided to go with both Chase Hansen yeah. and Andrew Dowdell. How do you see that position group playing out here in the next couple of weeks? Well, I think it's pretty obvious they must have uh, special teams plans for them. And, and remember, there were special teams openings on this roster because Craig Robertson, who was just a staple on every special team for so long. They let him go this offseason. Justin Hardy, staple on special teams for so long. They let him go uh, this offseason. I don't think Taysom Hill will be part of special teams um, as he was in past years. So, you know, they have a lot of voids to, to fill in that area. And I imagine a lot of those guys, are, are those core special teamers, are going to be coming from that linebacker group because, I mean, that position more than any other. You want to talk about how opinions change, not only my opinion and our opinion on this, on this mm -hmm. podcast from the outside, but internally, Mickey Loomis said it as well the other day. Um, that seemed like a, a, a worry spot heading mm -hmm. into training camp. And now it feels like the deepest position on the roster, I think in large part because Quan Alexander healed from his Achilles and came back, but also, the growth we've seen from Zach Bond, how Pete Werner looked early, uh, how Caden Ellis looks like he's developed, how Andrew Dow looked, how Chase Hansen looked. What, what a deep uh, position all of a sudden. Do you think that we're going to see Quan Alexander week one? Well, they didn't put him on IR, which would have uh, only sidelined him for three weeks, only had to sideline him for three weeks. So uh, if, he, if not week one, very soon after. He, he's looked – Way better than I expected, way yeah. sooner than I expected in, in practices. You mentioned Taysom Hill kind of in the conversation there. With the quarterback position, there was some talk about bringing Trevor Simeon back in to the fold. Where do you see that area kind of going in the next few days? And where do you see Tyson playing or Taysom playing in this kind of scheme? 
Well, the good thing is they don't need Taysom Hill at linebacker now. So because of the depth they have at that position, because you know he'd probably be like the second best linebacker on the team if they put him there. But um, look, I do think Taysom Hill will probably go back to the similar role that we've seen in years past. Now, he did talk about how he he lost weight because he wasn't going to have to be blocking uh, defensive ends and, and things like that. Um, and he only lost a little weight. It was probably about a total of five pounds or something. So, you know, he could put on a little more strength, but um, maybe they'll concentrate more on him being a runner receiver instead of an inline blocker and a, uh, certainly not as much on special teams, but absolutely. I think we're going to see that read option package, which has been so good for their run game. He's been averaging about five and a half yards per carry. So I've always been blown away when people are like, why are they putting him on the field again? And I'm like, cause he averages five and a half yards of carry. It's the best part of the run game sometimes. Um, so we're absolutely going to keep seeing that. And, and then sometimes he'll throw it and sometimes he'll go out and catch it just to keep defenses off balance. Cause he's so valuable in that role. Um, but because of that, they will have another quarterback who is ready to come in and be the number two quarterback on game days. And I think that could be Trevor Simeon, but I would not be shocked if they trust Ian book in that role. Cause he looked pretty polished for a, for a rookie to be this summer. You know, if Taysom needs to, uh, to figure out how to gain five pounds, all he's got to do is dial me up. I, I got him. I, I can help him out <laughs> in that area. Uh, as far as Quan, uh, Quan, you know, is basically like the Wolverine. He just, he keeps rebounding and coming back, and he looks better. But, but Mike, I, I, I've got to ask you this: Did you did you grow up? Did you play high school soccer? Because this team's going to need a kicker, and I don't know if you can do that for them, but you might have to. Can you? Did you play soccer in high school? I did not. My son plays now, so I'll see if he's available. If we, uh, <laughs> uh, he's in town. He's got nothing else to do. So, um, but uh, no, I, I think we all expected them to claim uh, Baltimore's backup kicker off waivers because they have such such a success rate from doing that. And that kid looks so good. Um, but obviously, Aldrich Rosas remains an option. And, and I think it sounded like um, that was a temporary move when they released him. Uh, he's not subject to waivers. So they could have a handshake agreement or they could have a, a we'll let you know if we need you back agreement. I don't know the exact nature of it, but they they've got him if they want him. And he's an experienced NFL kicker, but also a lot of guys who were released in recent days are either experienced veteran NFL kickers or young guys who showed some promise. So they really do have a lot of options in that position uh, and they have time on their side. So um, that 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 is the ultimate uh, example of how these rosters are constantly fluid. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can answer this, Mike, and I, I guess it's basically a theory, but you know, we're seeing a team basically relocated from its home, you know, abruptly and now kind of making a new home somewhere. Uh, you've been around football for a long time. Does that, you think, affect a team in any way to kind of have that nomadic existence for, for a little while? Well, nomadic is not good. Um, unfortunately, I was around the 2005 team and that wore on them after a long time. If it's temporary, though, I, I think it can be good. I know the Saints believe in turning that into a positive. We've heard that repeatedly from Sean Payton over the years, um, that he likes taking the team to London for the full week, that he liked taking the team to Seattle for a full week, that he liked the way they, re they responded that week when they were in Indianapolis and then they came back uh, after a hurricane, you know, 
seven, eight years ago. I can't remember which one it was, but where they came back just in time to to play their week one game after they spent the week in Indianapolis. And he said it again this week that he actually thinks that can increase the focus instead of uh, the opposite when everybody is together in the hotel and everybody's eating their meals together and it's got like a training camp style feel or a college style feel. He, he you know, obviously teams don't do that all the time because – um, uh, you know, but I think in, in certain it can turn it into a positive running back position. Not necessarily a surprise that Devontae Freeman uh, doesn't make the final 53. Um, maybe a tribute more to Tony Jones Jr., but does that kind of you know fall in line with, with what the Saints always preach? Hey, we're going to go by what we see, and Tony Jones Jr. just happened to be a guy who who jumped off the page a little bit. Well, I mean, for sure. And I mean, the biggest surprise of all with Tony Jones Jr. is what the Monday Night Football broadcast crew said Sean Payton told them heading into the second preseason game, which is as of today, Tony Jones Jr. is my number two running back, which would put him even ahead of Latavius Murray. I got to be honest with you. I, I had my eyebrow raised a little at a lot of things going on at running back this entire summer, bringing in Devontae Freeman in the first place. It doesn't feel like you need a Latavius Murray and a Devontae Freeman. Um, and then, you know, Murray's Murray's usage uh, was a little lower than I expected. So I didn't know if they were considering um, what if they traded Murray or decided to release him for salary cap savings, then maybe Freeman is your backup option. But I never really expected Murray and Freeman to both be on the roster. Um and but now that they've gone with it uh, as is, and and Murray is on the team, I still expect Murray to be heavily involved um, because he's too good. His track record is too long. He's not going to be here just to play special teams or something. And especially if Alvin Kamara were to be injured at any point during the season, I think Latavius Murray is the guy that you you would need in there as sort of an every down back who has done it all: pass protection, running, receiving. Um, but certainly I think we're going to see Tony Jones on the field when everyone's healthy as a change of pace runner who brings, uh, you know, uh, some real pop to that run game. Yeah, he seems to have a little bit of zip. And I guess, heck, since we're going almost position by position, what do you like about these receivers? I feel better about the receiver depth than I did coming into camp. I I still feel like they're missing a high-end guy. Um, I, I kept thinking maybe they would sign, you know, an experienced veteran slot receiver this offseason. Just, you know, the old Willie Sneed, Lance Moore role, dependable go-to guy for the quarterback. But everybody who made the roster and a couple guys who didn't make the roster should have. Uh, I, certainly, that is not a position where I thought they would pick someone up off the street and, and replace one of the guys. Because Well, first of all, Marquez Callaway, we all feel great about. He looks like a true number one receiver. I think Traquan Smith is going to be healthy. He's a bona fide, you know, two or three um, receiver. Uh, And then Deontay Harris, I think we all expect to see more from him this year. Ty Montgomery, and if they bring Chris Hogan back onto the active roster, I, 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 you know, those guys are, you know, solid veteran guys. Uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey showed some nice things. The guys on the practice squad, like Aesop Winston and, and Kawan Baker showed some nice things. So a lot of guys that belong on an NFL team, just, you know, just question marks that, that they don't have a, you know, they don't have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen as their number one and number two right now. The tight end group also had some guys step up, surprise some people. 
not a lot of veterans in that area. Jawan Johnson, somebody that stepped up, Adam Troutman. We are going to have some possible injuries in week one. Not going to have some of the usual starters in week one. How comfortable are you with the squad that we're going to see against Green Bay in Jacksonville? Yeah, it would it would help if this was a fully healthy squad, which, you, as you say, is a, a big question mark. Um, Jawan Johnson might have been, you know, if it, Marquez Callaway was probably number one. Jawan, Jawan Johnson might have been number two as the breakout star uh, of training camp. And I think he's going to be a big part of this offense as a pass catcher, which makes you feel a little better about their their receiving options as well. Um, and Adam Troutman, we did not see it this summer. In, in practice or preseason games, but we know from what we saw at the end of last season and how high the team was on him throughout the offseason that yeah, he's a guy that, that I still think there should be high hopes for, and not just as a receiver, but also a really refined blocker too. So I think that position's in, in pretty good hands when healthy. Uh, but yeah, you take away Jared Cook, if you take away Josh Hill, that, there's obviously question marks there. I mean, I think that goes through a lot of the roster for us. Pretty interesting 53-man roster. We've filled out the practice squad. Going to have some movement, of course, in the first few weeks um, with some of the people on the reserve list and then maybe some possible suspensions coming. So we're going to have to keep an eye on things, and we really appreciate you, Mike, joining us. Anytime, and I hope you're all doing well. That was Mike Triplett, ESPN NFL Nation reporter. We really thank him for joining us. Been covering the New Orleans Saints for quite some time, as has John DeShazer, who you're you're heading to Dallas. You're going to go join the team and be there in Fort Worth with them at TCU. Looking forward to that trip. Yeah, I almost gave a deep sigh when you said that because, you know, you're leaving at a time where you want to kind of be around when things start start back popping but you know hey it's part of the job so I am kind of looking forward to it from the standpoint of you know we've just all been out of sorts when it comes to doing what we're normally accustomed to doing which you know obviously for a good reason but you want to kind of get back to something that feels like normal and so that will feel kind of like normal even though it won't be home so from that standpoint yeah I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Well, we're looking forward to having you there with the team because you're always great on the ground, giving us good stories. And we'll, we know we have some good stuff coming up from you there. So this has been a, another edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. You can find us on the New Orleans Saints app, on the website, neworleansaints.com. We are still thinking about everybody in New Orleans, the greater Louisiana area, hoping everybody is as safe and doing as well as they possibly can be through this time. And we are also looking forward to that first game where all of us can kind of take a break and watch some football. So we'll see you guys again next week.